Before we get rolling into today's podcast, I want to tell you about our awesome sponsors that uh, keep this thing free for you guys. So first we have DuckSeason.com. That's D-U-K-S-Z-N.com. Go on there. Check it out. Uh, You can get signed up for uh, Traded Hunts where you put in your location, the kind of birds you're after, you know, the type of things that you do. And uh, you can search around on there, see other people, their areas, what they go after, and you can talk with each other and get linked up and trade hunts with each other. So rather than hiring an outfitter or a guide, if you're on a budget or kind of want to do a little bit of a DIY thing, you can get linked up with some people, go hunt their area, they come out and hunt in your area. It's a really cool thing. Also on there, there's some forums, you know, duck hunting, waterfowl hunting in general, different tips and advice, things like that. And they also have a lot of merchandise, really cool stuff. And in their merchandise, they have the Salty Fowl line of clothing, where 100% of the profits from that go to uh, Eider Research out there on the coast. So really cool cause. Go check it out. Go buy some stuff. Get on some trade hunts. You definitely won't regret it. Next, we have Steady Wing Outfitters. That's Mikey Soberano. He's up there in northeast Kansas, and he uh, specializes in waterfowl, turkey, and deer. You can check him out on Instagram at Steady Wing Outfitters. Uh, and if you want to book a hunt, you can give him a call. His number is 785-410-2304. Next, we have 701 Pursuit. They're over there in North Dakota. They're making a bunch of awesome hunting and fishing content. It's on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, all of the places. Go check them out for some high-quality stuff. They also have a website with some merchandise and other things on it. Uh, The website is 701pursuit.com. That's the numbers, 701pursuit.com. So check them out, all the places that you have social media. They're on there somewhere. Next, we have Bulldog Baits. It's over there in western Oklahoma. Uh, They're making crankbaits, jigs, soft plastic, spoons, jig heads, sinkers, anything you need for fishing. They've got it. So you can check them out on uh, Instagram. It's bulldog underscore baits. And if you want to go on their website to order some stuff, it's bulldog-baits.square.site. So if you're needing anything, definitely, definitely go check them out. Also, on the same note, we have Stump Thumper Baits. Their website is stumpthumperbaits.com. They also have soft plastics, jigs, all that type of stuff. Want to check them out too on Instagram. Their handle is at stumpthumperbaits. They're also Facebook, anywhere else. Now we have Waylon Johnson and his guide service. He's over in the San Antonio area. Uh, he's hunting ducks, geese, anything waterfowl you guys want to get on over there down in Texas. You can give him a call at 361-494-7868. You can also find him on Facebook. Uh, his name is just Waylon Johnson. See what he's been up to. Check out the cool birds down there. All that good stuff. And lastly, we have my dog training business up here in Northeast Montana. I specialize in retrievers, but I train all sorts, basic obedience, force fetch, waterfowl upland, anything you're looking to get done with your dog, I can help you out with. Um, You can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, all the normal places. It's H-I-L-I-N-E, retrievers. And then if you're looking for some advice or looking to uh, get set up with some training, give me a call. My number is 406 783-7083. Thanks a lot. Thanks to our sponsors. Go check them all out and enjoy the show.
shotguns singing a pointing dog down in the old logging road and then he got three and looked back grinning I fumbled around and I tried to reload the country all right, welcome to Woods and Water Podcast. This is Garrett. Today I have Lane Knutson on. Lane, why don't you introduce yourself? Well, I'm Lane Knutson, a farm and ranch up here in northeastern Montana, I guess. When did you get started hunting, I guess? We've never really talked about that. You know, Dad and my grandfather and uh, my mother's side really took me out a lot when I was, when I was younger. He was a big bird hunter. And dad is kind of the opposite. He was more into deer and other kinds of big game, I guess. So they each kind of got me out on both ends of that spectrum, I guess. Yeah. Uh, most, most of my life, I guess, 20, 25 years living. So did you, uh, was uh, Coda you're like your first bird dog, or did you guys have a dog first, before Yeah, that? first first bird dog, Gramps. Um, kind of funny, actually. He, was, he used to have a bird dog. It was a two pieces of two-by-four stapled into a cross and a rope tied in it. And then that's what we we used to jump shoot, shoot uh, ducks on the, the river, and we'd try to fish them out of there for 20 minutes. So it's kind of fun now hunting with a dog. And, man, it sure, sure brings the life to the hunt. Yeah. Get out there. <laughs> Little partner. Yeah. Yeah, me and uh, Blaze had one. It was that year that Cash died, so I didn't have a dog. And uh, we went out to a little slough just north of uh, my in-laws. And we shot a couple ducks. And I had forgot the waders in my pickup. And we were in his whatever, his pickup, one of his little pickups. But he had a fishing pole in the back, so we got the heaviest <laughs> rappel he had. And we were throwing it out there in the slough and... I think we just got like one or two and we finally got them. But I think the first one we got with the pole and we couldn't get the second one, he gave up and he finally just swam out there and that it makes for slew. It makes for a long day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we went back and got my waders after that. We may as well have just gone and got my waders how long it took us to get them. But. No, that's, those are kind of fun days too. Yeah. Did I, um, so did I ever tell you about the dog Buck I had for just like a short time when I lived in South Dakota? You know, I think I think I've heard that before. Yeah, he was. Uh, I'm pretty sure he was half lab or half Chesapeake, or just full Chesapeake. He had the Chesapeake coat, and he definitely was bullheaded like a Chesapeake. But what it was was after. So my <laughs> uncle lives over by Aberdeen, South Dakota. One of them, and uh, so there's a lot of snow goose hunters over there. And one spring, right after snow goose season, this. Uh, black dog showed up at his farm he could tell it was a hunting dog uh lab of some sort and i would just had graduated college so i was living with my grandparents in south dakota about like two hours away from him and he called me and asked if i wanted wanted this hunting dog because he put it in the paper put it on the radio put it on the internet nobody came and claimed this dog and he was sure it was just some out-of-state hunters they lost their dog and couldn't get him so i said okay i'll take him so i brought him to my grandparents and i just started throwing names at him until he responded to buck so i have no clue if that was a name or if it's something close to it or if it's such a he was just such a shithead that his owner kept yelling fuck all the time but yeah. he uh, responded to buck so we went with buck and uh like one of the first days i had him we were trying to see what he could do he knew how to sit he knew how to lay down his heel was shitty but he kind of knew what it meant and uh anyways we went out there's a slew What's what's it called? Erickson Slough, something like that. 
just north of my grandparents' place, or just south of my grandparents' place. And we went out there, and we kind of shoot ducks here and there. And I had a bumper. I was going to see how he was at water retrieves. So I winged this bumper out there, and it landed next to, like, a, a stick that was floating out there. And he went out and got the bumper. And then he dropped it at my feet, and then he turned around, and he decided he was going to get that stick. And no matter what, I was yelling and hollering. I didn't have a shot call or anything at the time. I was yelling and hollering. Couldn't get him to come back. And he went and grabbed onto that stick. Well, that stick ended up being a fallen down tree, and just the top <laughs> branch was sticking out of the water. And he bit onto that thing, and he swam. It was like 20 minutes at us and w- wasn't moving, just treading water, pushing this thing. You could tell he was getting tired. And I wanted to swim out there and get him. And my grandpa said, no, because you get out there, and he's going to get on top of you on and push you into the water. Yeah. You're not doing that. And so I tried to swim out there. My grandpa literally grabbed me said, no. So we're going to go to the house. And I think my cousins had like a pedal boat there from the lake. And we went, drove all the way back to his place, pulled that out of the barn, out of the back of the barn, threw that in the back of his pickup. Drove all the way back, and he was still out there treading water on that thing, just gasping, but he would not let go of it. And I got in that pedal boat, got out there. I pulled him off of it, threw him in the pedal boat. I turned around, started pedaling back. As we went by, he jumped out of the boat and grabbed onto it again. And I had to go back and pull him off of it and throw it in. And uh, that was the most (laughs) hard-headed dog I have ever heard of in my life. It was ridiculous. So whatever he was. And then, I don't know, he ran away one day. We had him for like the full summer and we were getting towards hunting season and then you just ran away. Never saw him again. Yeah. Don't know where he went. He was a traveler. Yeah. Either that or my grandpa said that he ran away. No. Or my grandpa got tired of him. I don't know. <laughs> but some some other neighbor kid got him after that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But no. What even brought on that story? What were we talking about before that? Oh dogs. Yeah. Obviously <laughs> dogs, but oh, something some childhood. Oh, I think it was uh retrieving without a dog oh yeah retrieving without a dog so that yeah that made me think of him retrieving that stick yeah yeah, yeah so coda is half german short air pointer and half lab just yeah. like cash was except for the and opposite she way she was kind of a out of the blue mutt that uh we had a a hired hand working on for us who had a who had a pointer and dog sat for a buddy with a lab and a few months later there they were underneath the stock trailer in the yard so i got mm. Got a little bit of a, a good deal on that one. Pick of the litter? Yeah. Is that what they call it? Yeah. No, she's ooh, six now, I think. Five or six. Because she would have been a year younger than Bo, or Cash, I mean. Got her in the fall of 16. Yeah. Because I would have got Bo the spring of 16. Okay. Right when I graduated college, like yeah. a month after I graduated college, I picked him up. Yeah. So, yeah, she was just below him. Well, I, you know, I've really started to like them pointers. Um, GSPs, they seem to just... Like they're just a fun all-around dog to have have with you. Yeah, they don't get tired. I like that no. compared to the lab. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. she's a lot of drive and then doesn't care what you're doing. I mean, you go out go out farming for the day or fencing, they're out there running circles around you all day, pointing, pointing birds. If she ever disappears, I know I got my work cut out to go find her again. But <laughs> She holds point pretty good then now? She does, yeah. She's really come on these last two or three years really really doing doing well and you never sent her a train or anything right you just kind of did it in I, home. I did yeah oh you did I, no no i just did it in home. i just kind of did it myself didn't really have much experience doing it but it seemed to turn out okay and then she's aging aging well so yeah yeah see because cash well they're both the same but they're opposites on what the parents were for uh like as far as was your dad was the pointer, right? 
No, the other way. Other way. So, yeah, that's what Cash's was. Dad was the pointer and Mom was the lab. And he just looked like a lab with kind of a longer nose. And Coda just looks like a pointer. But Cash, I think he only pointed once, and it was at a rock in a stream. (laughs) So she she don't retrieve well. Um, I think it was 2019 I took her out first day of the season and uh he retrieved a limit of grouse and partridge all in one morning she just decided she was going to do it or what she i <laughs> i took her out the next day because i was excited and i thought maybe here we go she mm. turned it on and no not a single bird that day and still hasn't to this day except for a couple pigeons off of a grain bin that i shoot when we're moving grain around or something but yeah she'll retrieve those hit or miss but it's kind of funny she decided one day she was gonna be a star and then (laughs) first day you know first day of the season and i thought oh boy we're on to something here but almost she she kind of does what she wants but uh does does really well with the point and she uh she'll find them and hold for me it's just won't really uh if i you know if i wound a bird or something she'll run them down and snag them for me but she bring them back then if they were wounded Occasionally, Occasionally. Yeah. she just um, mostly wants you to tackle them. You know, she does really good out of water. Yeah. Oddly enough, she will uh, she'll retrieve all those, bring them back. Um, but not generally shooting upland birds over water either. So, I've done it. Yeah, not on purpose. They landed every in water. every once in a while. You you get kind of lucky, and she'll get in there and get one for me. But yeah, yeah. Let's get off of bird dogs for a second. <laughs> I uh, mentioned this, I think it was to my cousin the other day, about our little uh, connection we have with dirt bikes. Oh, one fateful yeah. morning. Oh, yeah. So. That was a pretty unfortunate day. Yeah. <laughs> so it started, I guess, kind of tell it chronologically, because I came out when you came in. Yeah. So I started the day, it was my birthday, actually, and my dad had bought me a brand new Kawasaki dirt bike. It was like a 100cc jump from what I was used to riding. <laughs> actually fit it and everything well it turned out the throttle was kind of sticky on it where my old honda i just like going to snap back and i was used to that well this one would stick every now and again and i went flying through the yard and this is right away in the morning like sun had just come up and everybody else was sleeping except for me and my dad he surprised me with it and i go flying through the yard go up hop over this hill and there was a baler right at the top of the hill and i let go of the throttle and it didn't slow down and it was just like a split second i had to decide it wasn't going to slow down my front wheels off the ground if I was going to run straight flat into the baler or try to bail off. And I kind of turned and bailed off at the same time, and I hit the back end of the baler, broke my femur, concussion, broke my wrist, uh, like bit through my tongue, my lip, uh, tore my calf out of my leg. <laughs> that was, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, like there's chunks of fat in my leg, and I got like 60-some stitches. It was internal stitches oh. and external stitches, and I was messed up. I was real bad. <laughs> so... My dad comes flying up with this old Ford Windstar minivan we had and with no seats left in it because they're just the gopher hunting rig now. And he threw me in the back and he rushed me to Scobie. And it's normally like a 20-minute drive. And I think we made it like eight. The whole time he was screaming at me, stay awake, because I kept dozing off. Obviously, I had a concussion. I was well, out of it losing a lot of blood. You lose that little bit of blood. And at that age, you start to see it. And you think, yeah. oh, boy. Well, I, I just remember when I first came to, before he found me and came and got me, I was laying there. And I was trying to move my extremities and lifted up my hands, and both my wrists flopped over. And I tried to move my legs. My right leg moved, and then my left leg wouldn't move. And I kind of sat up and looked, and my head got dizzy, but I was like, I could see his blood dripping out the bottom of my pants. 
So anyways, I got to the hospital and they did all the x-rays and fixed me up and everything. And as they're wheeling me out on morphine, all I see is they're about to load me in the van. Is Lane <laughs> walking at me with his mom with a, a rag over his washcloth, stopping the bleeding coming out of my neck. So what happened your morning that morning? Well, it was another pretty early morning. I think I think the difference was just the drive into town is a little further for me. <laughs> I, you know, I I didn't bleed too bad. It was I was pretty fortunate. There wasn't, it didn't go too deep or nothing. There ain't ain't too much meat on your neck there to really. But what were you doing? Up. How did you cut your neck? Well, so there was a little bit of an argument there for a little while on who closed what gate. But I, uh, I come down just oh, maybe a quarter mile from the house there where we generally are haystack and got a little bit of farmland down there that we graze out sometimes in the summer. And, and so we, I had gone through there the, the previous evening and the next morning kind of sun's coming up it was it was pretty early and i uh just cruising on down the road and hopped into the ditch right before the before the gate and uh couldn't i was going a little bit faster than i probably should have been i suppose and hit hit the hit the brakes locked them up and just couldn't stop that early morning dew and you just i slid right into it i remember letting go of the handlebars try to get off the back and Next next thing I kind of saw was my handlebars got wrapped up in the top two wires of this gate and no center posts. And so that bike, the throttle pinned out when it wrapped up tight. Mm. And I watched that bike flip end over end going around that barbed wire twist. I think it went about eight times before it stalled it out. And here I am. I pretty much instantly knew I was hurt. So I went and attempted to try to unwrap that bike that I didn't have a chance. So I took off walking about, no oh, 10, 10 minutes later, my mom come driving down the road and I'd seen the bike. So she searched for me and found me walking back to the house. And we, your throat bleeding out. We had, we had a pretty, pretty uh, gruesome morning there. I don't think either of them were feeling too well when I walked into the house looking like that, but it was a, another very, Speedy, speedy trip to town, I guess. <laughs> yeah, threw a washcloth on it and booked it. Yeah, no, I don't. I've always had trouble with those kind of injuries. You know, just anything where you start seeing red pretty quick, and I, I have a pretty weak stomach for that mm. kind of stuff. At least you didn't throw up. That would have been real bad throwing oh, up with your throat oh, cut yeah. like that. No, didn't. No. It didn't hurt anything internally. I guess I just it was pretty, pretty well fleshy. I think, so I, I really don't remember it that well, even the hospital, because I was so hopped up on morphine, but I'm pretty sure I said, hey, Lane, good morning, <laughs> and you said something back, like, good morning, and I said, what's wrong with you? Something more along the lines of, <laughs> yeah. I think you said, I wrecked my dirt bike, and I said, I did too, and then they threw me in my in the van, and Dad said, shut up. Yeah. I just, yeah, I remember getting in that yeah. van and looking down, there's a puddle of blood, and my morphine mind was trying to figure out whose blood that could yeah. have been back of the van, and Boy. Then, it, then it hit, oh, shit, that was you. Yeah, those. So they just give you a couple stitches and you were all good to go. Yeah, I think I can't remember. It was thirteen or something. You know. Yeah, nothing, nothing too extreme. I just know it's kind of in a bad spot because it's like right there it's, at your jugular. There's some. You got lucky. Yeah, there's some scary stuff that could have went on there, but fortunately, it was. I was. I think I was wearing a, a sweatshirt with a little windbreaker or one of them old fluffier, yeah, downed windbreakers above that and. Wasn't much left to either one of them, but I suppose they had a little bit of 
a little yeah. bit to do with. Well, at least you didn't have to wait for the doctor because he was already there. Yeah. I, had to, I had to wait like an hour for the doctor to get out of bed and oh, boy. make his way to Scobie because it wasn't Saudi at the time. I don't remember who it was. Yeah, I, I just know he was not happy with me waking him up in the morning. Stupid dirt bikes. I have no sympathy for you. And I'm just some poor little was, like 13-year-old crying. Still in oh, Cal Ripken baseball, I think, at that time. I think I was my first year at Babe Ruth. Either my last year at Cal Ripken yeah. or my first year at Babe Ruth. Because I, I believe it would have been about my last year in that Cal Ripken league. So, yeah. That's Somewhere around there. That sounds about it. But that's... I know, it wasn't, I know my last year of uh, Babe Ruth was the year that I got cleated. Because I missed most of the season with that because it was yeah. the first game of the year. So I know it wasn't that year. Got to keep your calves out of the way here, Garrett. It's just my left <laughs> leg. I have not injured, knock on wood, the right side of my body yet. Everything, yeah. all my stitches, all my broken bones, my which, bad knee and everything. Which side do you sleep on? <laughs> my stomach. Yeah. That's how it makes me really nervous. But no, like my, my broken foot, my leg, I mean my knee, my broken leg, broken foot, all my stitches on my left side and my hands and everything. I know the hand stitches are from cutting with my right hand. But, yeah. I've had a couple of those little dirt bike endeavors over the years. I think I pretty much finished up my career on those things. Maybe put, I did. Maybe putts around a little bit here or there when I get a couple kids running around someday or something. But yeah. Every now and again, I'll see some kids ripping them around. I'm like, God, oh, that would be so much fun. And then I remember <laughs> how many times I got hurt on them. I was so stupid, too, because that dirt bike, they just got it, totaled it out. And my dad got all the new parts, and we fixed it while I was still, like, in the cast or not cast but crutches and everything and then i like still had the stitches in my leg by the time we got it fixed and i was riding it around the yard and then i was stupid and decided to jump it one time my leg still wasn't strong enough because it was broken and had stitches in it had a little and fracture I, or something yeah or, it was a yeah. fracture right up in, right in the center of my femur it wasn't a break it was a fracture <laughs> yeah. but that's how hard i hit it that fracture femur hardest bone in the body but no anyways yeah i tried tried to like do a little jump when like i was fresh just got the dirt bike going and it didn't work out good because that left leg gave out and I tumbled off the bike. And, of course, my mom was watching out the front window because she's terrified. She freaked out, come out running. Oh, yeah. I'm going to throw that thing in the dump if you don't put it in the shit right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now they got to do that, though. Yeah. If they didn't, we might not all be sitting here. Yeah. Yeah. I Like I said, I see people ripping around on them, and I think, man, it would be fun to do that again. But I know I'm way too old to be doing that. I got kids. There's no uh, way I have an excuse to break my leg on a dirt bike yeah i'm not travis pastrana making a living out of it <laughs> no it's it was it was pretty fun there for a while still is but i don't think i need to be on sitting on that anytime soon <laughs> yeah but. yeah i'm no kenny benson <laughs> yeah yeah there you go um oh man back to hunting so Started out gun hunting. Did you start out with archery too, or how recently did you no, pick that up? No, I've only kind of been on that for a couple of years. Um, maybe about six years or so now since I kind of, you know, I had a, a little kid's bow when I was young that we'd just, you know, run around and try to shoot pigeons or whatever the hell we could get our hands on, you know, maybe a cottontail in the yard or something, but yeah little little farm kid stuff you know and uh terror on tweety birds yeah and i i really kind of went away from that uh didn't pick one up again until about six years ago i got when i was just kind of getting out of high school um a few of us kind of got together and started shooting them again kind of when i got back to town and brought bows i suppose yeah i've been when i got back from college 2016 we had some some fun nights there all shooting against each other 
competition and teasing and stuff. But uh, once I uh, kind of got back into that, I think I, last year was my first year actually hunting with a bow. And your so. first year hunting, you went and got something. I did. I was yeah. That was that was a pretty fun day. I uh, I had my eyes on one on a little past release I I have, and I was running cows. And the last couple months there, running them down, I was hauling water. Uh, with our drought conditions down there, I was hauling water down about every five days, and so leading up to season, I. Uh, I'd seen him probably a dozen different days. What was it now? People don't know what you're talking this about. This is antelope. Uh, antelope. Excuse antelope me. Bug. Yeah, I uh, was able to get an archery tag there last year, and uh, yeah, about a dozen days leading up to season. I every time I'm down in there, whether I'm just checking or or hauling water, he'd he'd run right across this two trail, two track trail, running up to the water tanks and. So I finally got a day off where I could get down and spend a day. And I I must have walked around for eight or nine hours in that little that little pasture there, checking every coolie. It's pretty rough rough country in there, and not I didn't see a a single critter all day. And uh, so I come home, and we were just starting to haul hay home. So I was hauling a tractor up, up to one of our hay fields, and I was got there. It must have been pretty late in the afternoon. I, I remember it was, uh, you know, three, two, three, three thirty maybe at the latest. And uh, unhooking the trailer after I dropped the tractor off to start hauling the next morning, and went to uh, move it to the other corner of the field and then I had to walk back to my pickup and about halfway in the walk this I look over and this fair little antelope buck was heading my general direction from the opposite end I suppose you know eight eight nine hundred yards away and uh, I thought you know if he keeps coming this way I might have a pretty easy punch out here and so I made a pretty quick little trip back to my pickup and grabbed the bow out of the back seat and threw on my bino harness and went and sat behind a bale and he, he walked right up to me and uh, I did he kind of caught my or I kind of caught his attention I was wearing an orange t-shirt that day <laughs> doesn't doesn't really go well with the hunting very much but uh, or archery hunting and and I uh, walked right up to about yeah roughly about 50 yards and let it fly and by darn it hit <laughs> so that, that worked out pretty good i guess and uh, that was that was fun hey you killed me because you sent me a snapchat and then you just went ghost dark I, 30 I, on everyone for like I, two hours like, i know what happened I, I, I made my way back to the pickup and i sat there with i don't know about the worst anxiety i've ever had and i could just i could just see uh, his horns over over the little rise he, he only made it about i don't 100 120 yards or so before he laid down but boy once he did lay down he he was head up for yeah about two hours i was sitting there waiting for him he was bobbing and weaving but but yeah no that was that was exciting that's uh 
I think that's about all it takes to get hooked. Yeah, you're hooked in I'm, now. I'm I'm stuck now. Yeah. Did you put in for your archery again? Your antelope tag? I did, and I I drew. Perfect. I drew again this year. Perfect. And I drew too. I got a. I was able to draw elk tag out out west again. And yeah. So that's something to bring up. Don't say where. I I know. But uh, <laughs> I, you. Uh, I I I think if my buddy heard me, he'd get upset with me because I. Uh, but you go out west. You guys have gone out a couple years. Yeah. Elk hunting. Yeah. Have you? Uh, uh, Obviously not had much luck, but you guys been seeing them out there? Anything? Yeah, good? I actually on our on my last day up there last year, I was. Uh, we had a couple coming back up the mountain at us, and somehow I actually was able to get in the right spot above them, and he come up, and I had to had to run for quite a while up there, and I'm not a small gentleman, <laughs> in the best shape, so. I was a little bit tired by the time I got there, but I had a little time to catch my breath before they made it up. And I uh, happened. That was very exciting for me. I've, I've, uh, I've only been elk hunting twice. Um, we, uh, we didn't do much of that when I was a kid. And uh, I um, don't think I took my eyes off him for about the last 200 yards. And but it was pretty fair stocking in the trees there the ground was nice just some pretty damp pine needles from the rain the day before and kept walking and was trying to close the distance because uh that last 30 sec 30 40 seconds i was about maybe 160 out and i was just trying to the last day it's getting dark and i i really tried to cover some ground and ended up my last step I stepped in about a eight foot of water <laughs> and he threw the brakes on pretty quick and so I, I pulled up and drew took his eyes off me for just one second to look at a couple cows behind him and I let it fly and uh, had the wrong pin I had ranged just a second before off a tree that he was coming by and I was about 10 yards, 10 yards off with a, another 10 yards with looking at the wrong pin. So I made a pretty bad rookie mistake there and zinged it over him about a foot high and uh, or thereabouts because there was a couple twings and twangs when the, that went through the trees. But, <laughs> but that was, I mean. It's crazy, those little branches. You hardly see them once they start hitting them. There's a yeah. million of them out there. Oh, man. It was then he gave me a follow-up shot, but I figured that would be a pretty bad idea after the first one. So. Yeah, and if he knows it's coming, they'll hear it coming. And exactly, yeah. And you uh, might get lucky and, and get I didn't, him in the guts. Exactly, and I didn't want didn't to take that chance. I had a pretty good feeling on the first shot, but it's just, you know, it's, it's tough. It mm -hmm. would be only my, my second, second animal taken with a bow. and There's a little, little bit of everything involved there, Yeah, a lot of nerves. You're gonna so. have to get out and get a mule deer with one this year. Spot and stock some. It's, it's very exciting, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I I had my chance on a whitetail last year, I guess, but yeah, I'm getting real excited. Me and uh, Chase spun around and did a little bit of a uh, scouting this weekend. We did some coyote hunting first. Oh. We used Bo and uh, Handy as decoy dogs. Oh yeah. Bo is not a fan of coyotes. <laughs> I knew he didn't like me. Threw him to bed to pick up, but he I put him on a live one and he was. He was ready to go. He was, 
He was seeing red. He did his yeah, job. You know, it's kind of it's kind of fun watching them them labs because they actually do kind of get aggressive. Oh, he got so very it's, aggressive. It's it crazy because how nice he is with every other dog. I don't think he's ever growled at a different no. dog that didn't bite at him first. But on that coyote, he was on. Well, he found a pup to start with. Like, we are walking up to our first set, and he takes off. And I just see him kind of go around the corner. It looked like he had a fox in front of him. I was like, oh, it looks like he's got a fox. And Chase goes, I don't know. It kind of looked like a coyote pup. And all of a sudden, you're, arr, arr. he's like, oh, it's a coyote pup. And we went up running, and then they all just started coming in because. Uh, that's, that's a. That's, oh, Adam. That's another thing that I'm kind of starting to dip my toes in again after this year. I, I started trying to call a little bit again this this winter i hadn't done it since i was just a kid and really didn't have much of an idea what i was doing so that's that's that was very fun to do last year and i kind of just got it got into it on a whim this year um, did you go buy the uh farmer special fox pro or do you got mouth calls still uh, i'm borrowing one from a buddy right now oh i guess it's an old old fox pro i can't remember what it is mosh bosh no it's one of them that's bigger hmm. bigger sized one I guess I got it out in the pickup. Maybe take a look at it before I leave. But, but I uh, I got in the little, the little derby up here this winter. That, yeah. That they had, and that was, that I, was the one that me and Blaze did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I just I was kind of on a whim, and now I'm I had a. Oh yeah, I remember you were texting during that. You were yeah. You were having, yeah I think you got as many as we did. Yeah, I think I fed you a little bit of crap most of the day. <laughs> no, it sounded like you're having a good time though. Yeah, that was fun. Uh, had a cup. Well two, three, four, five, I believe, within 50 yards come in. And the uh, first group, first first coyote I ever called and actually had a successful hunt on, I got a, well, I, I had a successful double, and the triple, the third one was the first, second one I shot. And it, uh, one of them, ones I think that has a few, few extra lives mm-hmm. made it made it a little too far out to to recover it so but that was that's fun i uh, guess you're running around with three legs this year yeah you know it's kind of it's kind of odd how often that you actually do see that mm-hmm. but they're too damn stubborn to die i think so i think i've shot three now that i've had three legs if i remember right if i'm counting them right i know the first one i was a kid and it blew my mind as running around I had one little nub the front leg was a nub and it blew my mind that I could still be alive. And then I yeah. started paying attention. You could every now and again you'll just see them out there. I'll probably see like one a year. It's got three legs. Yeah. Not yeah. obviously kill every one of them. Don't get that lucky. But even with three legs, they're still mobile. It's crazy. Yeah. Dad always says, uh, if there's only two things left on this earth, two living things, it'll be a cockroach and a coyote. And a coyote. Yeah. And. <laughs> There's there's days where it's pretty easy to believe it. So. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, they killed off the wolves, but they couldn't kill off the coyotes. No. You start killing them, and they just make more. Yeah. Yeah. They're pretty, kind of a cool animal. Pretty pretty impressive mm-hmm. how genetics have worked for them. But, but yeah, no, it's I've haven't been up to too much this summer. I think I need to. I haven't been. I haven't taken the bow out and shot yet i better start getting on that get a little bit of practice in and yeah get the muscles working again i need to find my finger tabs in this move at some point i lost my finger tabs for my bow for my long bow and recurve so kind of yeah in limbo i should just order like three more just to have on hand but do you uh, do you use just the, the glove or a ring or i use um 
I don't use a glove because the glove never fits me right because I got big long hands. Yeah. So I've got uh, one that's just got like a little string that goes over my middle finger, and then it's a patch leather for my ring and uh, middle finger, and then another patch. It's all connected, but it's okay. Like if you think of a rectangle with a slit in it, it's just it's, it's far easier to adjust. Yeah, and then so I shoot split finger, so then it's got that little slit in it. So the pointer finger is kind of on its own little thing, and then my ring and uh, middle finger on their own. Okay. So and I can make one, or I could just put on a glove and do it, but I'm. Mostly just making an excuse for myself because I'd have to also find my target, drag that out, find all my arrows and my bow. Everything is scattered throughout this house. We haven't had time to yeah. unpack yet, so I've got to find everything and get it all set up. Then i got to figure out where I want to put my target because i got to figure out what I want to shoot when I miss the target. I don't yeah. know. All the uh, siding on these things are uh, metal, so yeah. all of our buildings. Well, you so. can... There's a few different things out there. Yeah. Go, uh, go find somebody's old hay bale or something somewhere yeah i was thinking about uh just asking tate if they've got like last year or two years ago like square bale or some, something laying around some, some old stuff yeah something i can just lay up against something because i really don't want to shoot holes in my new siding yeah or no. through my fence <laughs> i don't yeah. think uh the neighbors would enjoy that either no no a few a few broken lawn gnomes later and <laughs> <laughs> yeah well once i get it's always like the first week getting back to shooting with that thing where it's like I might shoot softballs for eight shots in a row and then my next three will just – I can't hit a target at 10 yards. It's crazy. And then once I get like myself dialed back in, I'm good to go. But yeah, it's always that first week that makes me nervous, which means I should probably just shoot you around. But yeah. finding last year, last year I really did a um, – I got a lot of repetition in early, early preseason and then – getting closer up to season there that last month or less little half a month or whatever. Just, uh, if I'm out and about up working around the shop or something, I'll just go pick it up real quick and take one shot and one follow-up shot. And yeah. That's walk, perfect. Walk away from it. Kind of cold shooting then. Yeah. It, it seemed to seem to help me a little bit. Otherwise I sit there and think about it too much and, I was already kind of looking at this basement for uh, what that would be like for the wintertime. <laughs> I mean, I what do I got, like 20 yards here, 15 yards? If uh, I were to go from that stairwell to that Yeah, wall. I suppose. I mean, that's that's good practice for the wintertime. Yep. I'm already looking at it. Yep. And I got a concrete wall back there, so it's not going through, and that's really going to make me, make me aim good because that's expensive to be uh, blowing arrows up on concrete yep. in the basement. Yeah, but it'd be good uh, good muscle memory. Yeah. Yeah, that too, and I got this space back there. I'm thinking, ah, what I want to do in my garage is insulate that garage. It's not. And then get like a little heater, wood-burning stove, something put in there for the wintertime. That way then I can set up oh, all my reloading stuff and my um, archery stuff in there, all my arrow cutters, my paper tuning stuff, all of that. And that way then in the wintertime I can fiddle around out there in the garage in the heat by myself and, yeah. or yeah, I've, have friends come over and help them tune I've, their stuff. I've been pretty fortunate the last few years to have some friends that have enough of the tools to get by. Mm-hmm. on some of that stuff i wish what i need to do is just buy an expensive bow press because i don't know how many people have asked me <laughs> if i have a bow press if i give you 20 dollars, if i can come over and use it yeah like, i don't have one like well you're the only one per- you're the only person i know that would have one Like, well i don't have one i don't have the money for that yeah i should invest in that i could start a business just letting people be, use my bow press be a very good tool to have yeah even a mobile one would be nice but there's just, a, there's a few folks in town though that yeah. that do 
do have them. You generally more than willing to. Yeah. To let you. We'll see. With my shooting tradition now, it doesn't really matter. Before I used to have, I guess I should say, I used to have a just like mobile bow press, and that's all I'd use if I was putting new strings on or yeah. something. Yeah. But that's always kind of sketchy. That makes me nervous, <laughs> especially relying on as much as I did. I should have just broke down and bought a used one or something at some point. But they're so expensive for a real one. That's something I. You can be, even make one. Be but. fun just for an at-home hobby. I do have a couple old, old Fred Bear bows. Be kind of fun to. Like the old white tail too. A couple, couple like old that. recurves. Old yeah. recurves. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You want? Mm. Don't do it. It's expensive. It I takes know. a lot of time. I, do it. It's fun, but yeah. If you're just starting out with archery, I'd stick with compound. Oh as no, much no, you can no, not as not much for as hunting. As I'm gonna stick. Okay. I'm gonna stick with the compound. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just you know, just sitting around instead of kicking weeds over. I guess I could. I like. I really like them in the. Uh, summertime for uh just like gophers just walking around yeah like if you have an afternoon yeah. nothing new just walk around shoot gophers with them it's real fun because i mean it's not like a compound you shoot a compound you miss a gopher and your arrow might go three miles underneath the grass yeah if you, as long as you got like a blunt or a judo on your recurve it'll just stick right there and stand right up and yeah it's uh it's a lot more fun you can stump shoot too if you're not really seeing anything just shoot rocks or whatever you're shooting at yeah and it's fun if you start doing that with your compound you're gonna be blowing up arrows and ruining <laughs> yeah. knocks and ripping off veins yeah. So that is nice for that, but oh, I just hit the table that I told you not to do when I started. <laughs> no. I... So what is your setup? What is your bow? Uh, it is a Matthews. I cannot remember. Um, I should know that. I was looking at some stuff this winter and cannot remember. I'm not, it's actually uh, the one I've been using is Tate's. He uh, oh his old one, or the one that he bought and then didn't really use. That's that'd be the one I believe. Um, he he was really talking about he'd come out and shoot with us a little bit last year in the preseason and was it like triax or something like that? I don't oh. remember. They changed every year. They got a new name for the same bow. Yeah, I'm kind of. A, I think triax. I think that's what it was. Kind of looking to get a new one for myself, and I could give his his back. But he's been he's been like really, that. Is really that what nice. Kind of like? Yeah, yeah. Do, that's, do it again. I, it's a single cam, though. Oh, his is a single, so it's not yep. the Triax. Maybe that, it's just an old Z7 one or whatever. That they frame were. looks very, very close, though. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's been, it's been fun. Well, good. Buy yourself a new bow, and then I'll get all my stuff set up. Yeah. I really <laughs> miss tinkering with compounds because there's so there's so much you can do with them, like as yeah. far as tuning them and everything. I miss doing that and like doing speeds and getting arrow setups, different weights and different lengths and all yeah. that stuff. I kind of geek out over that. So I do miss doing that because you can only do it so much up to a point with a, a recurve or a longbow because, I mean, at the end of the day, that's just a stick and a string. You, there's really not much you can change, but with a compound, yeah. you can put things on. You can change out limbs. You can change out cams. You can adjust uh, just a million. Stabilizers. Yeah. Well, a million different things yeah. you could do, a million different adjustments. And I really liked, I got at the tail end there, I loved bear shaft tuning where I could shoot a bear shaft arrow like 60 yards, like a, just like a laser beam right in the bullseye. Cause that was crazy. Cause I started out. I mean, if I were like, my first bow was like an old first compound bow, I should say, not my first bow. It was like an old Fred bear one that we got when I was like 12, like the day after I got my uh, bow hunter red card back when it was a uh, Highland sports, they had some Fred bear bows there in Plentywood and, um, got one of those. And that thing was so out of tune, but I had no idea what that was. Just throw a whisker biscuit on it and a 
yeah. three pin sight and yeah. go for it. And I mean, 10, 20, 30 yards is all my pins were and it worked. But if I would have considered bear shaft shooting an arrow out of that thing, it would have made it two feet and it would have been completely sideways and dug into the dirt yeah. somewhere. Yeah. So I, I really uh, miss doing that stuff. So if you get something new, let me know. Cause I'd yeah. love to tinker with yeah. it. No, I'm, Kind of thinking if I got a little bit of spare cash this year, I think I might try to go out. A little late in the year, wrong timing, but what you gotta do is wait uh, for spring when they release their new line, and then just buy last year's yeah. model. That was always yeah. my thing, and you can get like a a bow that a month before was like even Hoyt eighteen dollar hundred dollar bow for some of their flagship ones, and then. The next month when the new thing comes out, that thing drops twelve hundred bucks. I wasn't gonna spend twelve hundred bucks on a bow, but like yeah. other brands like Matthews and stuff, it's thirteen hundred dollar bow, and then you could buy it for eight ninety nine or whatever. Yeah, two yeah. weeks later. And but probably not, not to tell you how to live your life. But that's that's <laughs> well, what I did, and it worked out great for me. Probably not the best idea to switch up, you know, just right in the preseason later in the yeah. fall either. So, yeah, yeah, I always like to. Uh, there I go talking about myself and bows again. No, yeah. I always no. liked it. Around then, early springtime, it seems like is when they release it. Whenever they have a shot show or whatever it is, and uh, yeah, that's that's when I would do it. But not anymore. But and I switched from every single brand, like I talked about that with Chase. I don't think there was a brand that I didn't shoot. I tried in every single one. The only one I really didn't enjoy was a PSE because of the uh, draw cycle. But anymore, I mean, it's pretty much on what brand you like. Kind of like Ford and Chevy and Dodge. Anymore, they're they if all, you take the body off of it, they're all pretty much the exact same thing. It's just yep. your preference. They're all they're all up there now. They all seem to technology's kinda right there on the money right now. So if you get a new bow, do you already like what are you thinking as far as uh setup for like uh sight and rest and all that stuff? Have you put any thought into it? Like do you want to do a drop away or enclosed or I, I, I prefer the drop away. Um the one I was shooting before this one was a was the old whisker biscuit but i've really grown to like that that drop away it um you can kind of lock them in similar mm-hmm. similarly to the old whisker biscuits so if you're crawling around or something that's kind of nice but i don't know i i'm not super preferenced any other any other way just kind of you know go off what some of your friends got and go Mm-hmm. Take a peek through them, see what you think, what you do like, what you don't like, and just kind of go out and do it, I guess. But I don't know. I I would probably go in somewhere and try out some different stuff, I suppose. Yeah. If Have you ever heard of the uh, IQ sites? The one that's got the green dot with the uh, black in it? Uh, I think I know what you're talking about. That one really helped me as far as getting consistency. After I used that site, then I switched back to a different one, and I got my consistency back but anyways i've if you want when you get your new bow since you don't have anything since you're using tates i've got an iq site i think it's a five pin and it's up in well it's somewhere in all my moving stuff but i'd stick that on for you if you want to use that for yeah. a little bit yeah. and the only reason usually i sell my stuff with my bow as is and then i buy all new stuff for the new bow but that is the only site i ever kept just because i liked having it as a training tool because i think i went back to it like two or three times like i could tell i was getting inconsistent and i put that back on and then using that, so it's got like a green circle on top. With a with a centered. Yeah, there's like a centering dot in the black. And so what I would do is I would draw back, 
with my eyes closed, everything set like it felt good, and then I'd open my eye and instantly through the peep. If that wasn't perfectly centered, I knew I was either gripping wrong or I had different face pressure mm. or something. Mm -hmm. And then I would adjust, like one thing at a time, like adjust my face pressure, see if that changed it. If that didn't, then I'd do my grip and I'd figure out what, whatever it was that I was doing. And so then I'd let it down and then drop back again, keeping in mind what I just did to fix it and do that and do it like a bunch of times so I got the feel and then I'd shoot it and, you know, like a week, a couple yeah. weeks at a time get myself back into it so I was consistent and then I could switch back to what I was doing. I should have just stuck with it. Kind of help, helps you set up right off the, the get-go. Yeah. It lets you know one. if there was something going on. And then that really helped. So I started doing a deal where I would like not work out, but like I would do like a little jog around the house or something yeah. to get myself yeah. out of breath and then hurry up and draw back. And I noticed instantly I was always putting too much face pressure on that after that. So then that'd be off a little bit. So I'd have to remind myself. And I never knew that until... I started doing that because then I could see, like I could see that I was off center on that and then I would just loosen up just a little bit and there would be back to centered. And so then it stopped throwing my arrows after I'd do that little workout. Yeah. And it was, it was nice. I mean, a couple of times I did shoot a couple, a couple deer with it. I think like two or three. And I know the first one I made a conscious effort to look at it and it almost cost me the deer because I was trying to focus on that thing and he was kind of moving and I tried to stop him, but I was still focused on that before I was focused on the pin and everything else. And then the second one, I didn't even notice it. I just drew back and I just subconsciously saw the corner of my eye, saw that it was centered shot, which is what it's supposed to be. But yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of excited for this year. Um, got a few, few more old tree stands that from people hunting our place over the years. That you've collected. Yeah. And, uh, collected a few of them. I've, couple of couple of better looking ones so kind of put them down the river bottom down there yeah i think so i think that's kind of what i'm my plan is this year um you know i obviously get out and do a little looking too but i i had a pretty good run around I, and now i'm sitting here questioning myself if it was last year the year before i think i believe it was the year before i got that white tail but i he gave me a well, no, last year was my first year hunting so it would, with a bow, so it would have been last year. Yeah, I was trying to think back on it. Um, and that that sucker took me on a about a week and a half or better chase. I remember you telling me that. My goodness. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was a pretty good feeling uh, to actually catch up with him again during rifle season and get that get that out of my head get him squared away <laughs> yeah teach him a lesson that, that worked out so. so was that your biggest deer yeah i think i think yeah my biggest white tail anyway did yeah. he uh, have a cool rifle story at least or was it a uh it was a pretty beating? pretty average just a pretty quick one and Spot done stock yeah just see a, now you think that's average but we got I've got a lot of listeners that are like over East Coast. That all they do is tree stand hunt. Yeah. So they yeah. think spot and stock's crazy. Yeah. So yeah. why don't you okay. say well, how it went? Well, I mean, where do I start? I guess with the rifle when I actually got it done or the like the first how did, how did 12 you days of madness. <laughs> however you want to do it. I guess like tell the story on the deer because they also like that. Well, it's, so that was actually pretty fun. Um, you know, well, you, we always sit here and talk about, well, where'd that deer go? Where'd that one go year to year? Mm -hmm. and kind of sit there and think well how far do they actually travel you know we always hear whitetail have a smaller radius than like mule a mile deer. or whatever yeah you know you always hear that and well i can tell you firsthand that this one took me on about a 12 
12 or 13 mile journey over the course of those days. And uh, every day, you know, quarter mile here, half mile there, put a stock on. Sometimes I think I busted him once. Once uh, at full draw, the first stock. Um, I watched him bed down in some some irrigation dikes on the backside. And wind was good in my favor. It was blowing, howling, howling, howling that first day. And uh, got right up to him on a pretty pretty good walk. I think it was oh getting getting close to about eight nine hundred yards of slow slow walking and popped up over that dike at full draw to nothing there was <laughs> there wasn't an animal there and i immediately got back down to my knees and kind of up up skylined myself and uh couldn't spot anything so i just kind of started walking around aimlessly after that and uh turns out he had moved somewhere in my walk and uh my buddy that I was hunting with was sitting in the spot and scope and he never saw him move. So he just went down the dike then? He went, yeah, but he had to cross two more dikes. Hmm. So I don't know if he was sleeping in the pickup or what. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I don't know what happened was there. Was it Joshua? Yeah, yeah, oh. it was. And, I wonder what he was doing. And uh, got up to this little, little abandoned house there, I guess, just, you know, some old homestead shack that was sitting out there kind of getting myself out of the wind to take a minute and uh, regroup and here is a nose sticking around the corner so I leaned to my right just leaned over and uh, there's two noses so I don't know who's who here and this is where being somewhat of a rookie kind of took over on me and I kind of, I should have just sat and just waited. Yeah, just waited, got down on my knees and waited, but got up to him and the, there was a little smaller buck with him and he busted me. And that second, the one I was after, he didn't even give me a, a lick of a chance. He was, he was up and as soon as he was on his feet, he was turned around going the other way. And I don't think he ever saw me, but I got a pretty good, good picture from the spotter of me and him in the same frame. And I, I think I was given some pretty fair choice words after that, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, yeah. For the next, at least I believe it was about nine days. I put in a, a little morning hunt and a couple of those days, a little bit longer of a hunt than that, but went after him and, uh, the last day, I uh, had to cross a fence, and um, got down to crawl under it. It was a little bit too tall to go over it and without making noise, so I found a little low spot to get under it. And walking at him, he was down on a kind of a river bottom then, so he, he found an old backwater channel or whatever it was that he was tucked down in and out of the wind there, and got up again but maybe 20, 30 yards at the most. And I went to draw back. And from my knee, I got down and was getting ready to draw back and slowly 
get up so to, I could actually shoot down on him. And my peep sight had ripped out when I must uh-huh. must have been when I, the only time I crawled was when I when I went through the fence. So I I must have popped it out on the fence and again some pretty choice words there and of course I busted him up and lost him and then I hadn't seen him for about two more weeks after that and that was that was after rifle season had opened up so that was pretty fun got him back back to the same spot where I first had seen him so he had looped all the way back around all the way back all 13 miles back to where we started and uh was able to get on him there so that was that was pretty fun. That's probably one of the more memorable hunts that I've So had. then the last one you just spotted him and stocked up to like 200 yards or whatever through rifle. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I don't even think it was that far probably on the on the first shot. So I think I if my memory serves me I think it was maybe 150 or something. Okay. That's not bad. Yeah. So that was that worked out and he went on a little bit of a journey there too, but I don't know. Maybe yeah hundred yards or something so but it was up and down and i was pretty confident in the shot but the way he was running made me a little nervous so then i got a little bit out of breath there (laughs) (laughs) heaving yeah well you were the one uh videoing when josh shot his with his bow last year right yeah that was fun Um, that was pretty cool that's uh, that's actually kind of fun that he got his and on our way back in the town is when we spotted the one i got Yeah. yeah so that was that was pretty fun yeah but uh it was it was dark on our way back in and he ran across the the road in front of us so that was the next morning we were out there and that's when the the whole the whole uh frustrating part of it come in so but it was fun that was that was a pretty good pretty good afternoon when that when i finally was able to hold him in my hands yeah. But, but yeah, that was. That's my biggest biggest whitetail. I th- I believe he was one fifty three. Fifty three. That's yeah. the latest one that was on your Instagram, right? Yes. I think yeah. I looked at that the other day. Yep. Yeah. yeah, that was pretty fun. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. But uh, well, yeah, other than that, um, I've had some, I've had some fun waterfowl hunts throughout over time i mean they're kind of hit or miss up in this country if you actually yeah like last year sucks they oh, all got yeah. out they boogied out of here yeah yeah and i mean i had my kid right at the end of september so right when season started and it by the time that she was old enough i could go hunting they were they were long gone yeah so. yeah and and then randomly one morning you you set up on a dozen ducks just for something to do that day and all of a sudden you're sitting on the X. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but when did, so I know you started out waterfowl hunting a little bit here and there, but when did you really get big into it? Was it later on here or did you always kind of do it? That was about six, about six years ago again. When I got back. Yeah. You know, uh, I kind of, when I, when I got into it, I wasn't really hunting with anybody else. Yeah. Cause you were, you had that, was that you that had the blind or was it Josh that had that blind? Uh, that like blind boat thing did you build that uh you know i built that that pile of crap <laughs> heavy <laughs> yeah heavy <'cause> yeah 
I remember that day. That was, yeah. that was a pretty miserable day. That was day. a long day. Yeah. Who was that? It was me, you, and Rusher, and Wyatt? Is that who it was? Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. yeah. I, so you explain the boat or what it was so to people. I, I just had some little old John boat laying around, and I thought, you know what? i got nothing better going on here for a couple of days and built a little little homemade blind off of it you know, the, little the old, well, it was it like it wasn't, it wasn't, six foot tall and oh, it weighed no, ten thousand no, pounds it sure felt that way on the way back but i uh made some mistakes and miscalculations there i think but um, <laughs> well what is it is it hog paneling that you used no it was just a little bit of like uh some yard not not i'm like, trying to picture like i'm trying like, to picture not your head. chain link fencing you know not that interweave stuff but like uh like, like hog wire, like it's uh, square it, but, shape, but, but yeah, but but light, the yeah. lightweight. Is that goat wire? Is that what they call it? Yeah, or something like their sheep wire. Yeah, but uh, so, anyways, what did, what did you use for the uh, frame of it though? That was just some electrical conduit. Okay. Yeah, and that and I would do that again. Yeah, because that that wasn't the heavy part. But the I heavy, the heavy, the heavy part, part was the natural, yeah, the natural blind material that we put on, and that wire. Yeah. And uh, so you had built a. Uh, if you didn't have to carry it to the water, it yeah, it wouldn't have been so bad. <laughs> so you had made like a rolling wheel cart thing for it. Oh yeah, and it was. I made that the night before we went out that di- next day because we were all sitting there thinking, man, I don't want to pack this in too bad. Well, and we were we were packing it in because well, and what did we? What in did, wasn't bad because you were going downhill. Yeah, in yeah. was downhill. Back was uphill. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah, so I, what did we make it like ten feet from the pickup before I, your I, cart yeah, broke? I, I think yeah, it was maybe ten feet, and snap, there went the, the whole axle off of it. And and we were dumb instead of saying, "Well, we can stand in the rushes." We decided, "Well, we're this far, we're gonna drag it let's, all the way let's down." Let's drag this boat. Didn't in even there. think about having to drag <laughs> it back out. Yeah, and we hunted. We shoot like two ducks. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, maybe. and then yeah, how far of a drag was it? Two hundred yards? I yeah, or so longer? About two hundred. I know it felt a lot longer, and we had to keep switching out, but it was the four of us, and we'd all four be going on it, and then we'd have to break, and then it was two pulling on it, and the other two would switch in and out, and it was a long way uphill, and it was, yeah, it was, we had like a full beaver trail behind us, it looked like, because it, it wasn't, it didn't slide very good, it was flat bottom, and I know, I know the drive in the town was a, took a little bit less time to, to get to the bar than it did to get that yeah. boat out of there <laughs> well yeah not only that because we woke up at like so early oh, in the morning yeah. just to stand out there all day get skunked and then there's no morale left to drag that freaking thing I... all the way back up well we we learned a little bit that day, is it still sitting out at josh's or have you done anything i think with it, it since? i think it is yeah i need to i should drag that home and <laughs> for six years do something with it <laughs> yeah well I th- after we moved it that day i didn't want to move it again too badly i <laughs> i couldn't i couldn't believe how how heavy that got with that material on it but you I th- uh i think i would take that that wire out and put just some canvas on it and a little bit of artificial well i wonder if you didn't i don't know the best way to do it but if you just ran like smooth wire or something across it too and you could like weave things in and out of it but i don't quite know how that'd work you'd have to be like within reeds and cattails yeah, i and think stuff. i think the canvas would kind of help block wind yeah. generally too so yeah I just, it's got to be something, though, you can put some stuff in. Some of the yeah. best way to do it. You'd have to, maybe if a guy had a old uh, layout blind or something that was falling apart, if you took the material off of that, because then it's got the, yeah. uh, 
yeah. um, slots in it. But the, uh, the um, we haven't really had to worry about a boat either these last couple of years. No, it's our, been so dry. With our drought, I kind of enjoyed it, actually. It's fun. I, I really enjoy shooting them over water. It's yeah. a lot of fun. Um, I especially like it with dogs. Exactly. And I don't, I don't, I, I, I don't think I could keep my little pointer still enough yeah. in there with me. So if I'm out by myself, it's it's far more fun for me to shoot them in the on the land. But are you uh, gonna come out and shoot a swan with me this year or what? Yeah, you know it'd be fun. It'd be a good time. You haven't gone after one yet. I I never bought bought my uh, tag last year, and I didn't really have a chance. Well, I guess I take that back. I had one chance, but kind of just a random, yeah, by happenstance chance, but. But didn't buy a tag, so yeah. What do you do? See, I I I used to um, just buy them like as a surplus because there's always surplus out here. But then I also the archery antelope tag used to be a surplus tag too, and then people started filling in, and then all of a sudden it's not surplus. You actually have to apply for it. So yeah. I wanted to beat the curve, so now I just apply for it and just eat the five dollar application fee because it's yeah. free anyways. So I just eat the five dollars just to know that I'm gonna get one or ninety nine point nine nine percent sure I'm gonna get one. So yeah, I think I'm applying for it right now. I don't know when they draw it, but I know it's available right now. Yeah, I but I suppose. I think last year is the only year in the past four years I haven't got one, and I don't even. I think I saw like maybe three swans all year, and again I had just had that kid, so I didn't really get out like I normally do. But I mean normally like just hunting or or not hunting usually just working or whatever i can hear them flying overhead and i just didn't even hear any from what i heard they just boogied through before anything else even thought about going through so yeah it was pretty short pretty short year on the the old waterfowl i guess but yeah yeah i'm kind of hoping this year we have a good year for it hopefully i've already got a lot of hunts planned but i really want like a good mild start to winter so they hang around because i want to do some late season uh mallards in the field yeah, that's yeah. that's my goal for this it is, year it is fun you know and i and i'm more of the the duck guy than than mm. geese i i tend to oh, i love i love eating duck more than I geese tend is to, the big it, thing. yes i tend to swing that way myself and so that's that's really my bread and butter i guess that's well, that's what i enjoy the well, plus i got my i got my fill of canada geese when i was living in north dakota during early season and stuff yeah getting 15 yeah. bird limits for early season i've, I've in the snow goose season i do i've kind of had enough of geese and we never really targeted ducks. The guys I was always with were kind of goose guys. So if ducks were kind of like a byproduct, I'd rather slam mallards or widgeon or pintail if we could, now that we're down to one. But Don't get me wrong, though. I do like filling up the freezer with some, some goose. And yeah. Then you get a little bit of fun. You can make some sausage and some stuff there. Yeah. That, that, that's pretty enjoyable. If you want goose sausage, I, I think we finally <laughs> threw it all away. But I, I, I generally mix it a little bit. Yeah. Uh, mix it in with a little bit of deer or something if i got just some hamburger yeah. no i uh we me and blaze did a snow goose hunt well we do it every year this was the first year we haven't done it but we just couldn't make it work but anyways like two years ago we had slammed them like on the last day and the guys we were with were still going to be hunting for a while and they said if you guys want these geese you can have them because we're going to be good so i said okay and we got out of jamestown <laughs> and we stopped at a truck stop because he had to go to the bathroom and i said well we're here Let's just cut all these things up so we don't have to get all the way back to Montana and then cut up all these geese while they're still kind of somewhat fresh because we had just shot them all that morning. And I think there was like 85 geese or something in bed to pick oh, up. Geez. And we were in that truck stop. Or not truck stop, but it was like <laughs> one of those rest stations off the interstate. 
and we cleaned every one of them goddamn geese and i had my vacuum sealer there and everything we brushed them all out and we like i'd seal one end of the vacuum bag and it was like in a roll instead of like individual bags and i would drag it out like six foot long and we would just pack that thing with breast solid vacuum it down i think we had two bags that were six foot long just packed yeah with breast meat <laughs> and we each took one home and i turned 90 percent of that into sausage and i was told by a guy to buy this brand and i can't remember what it was but i wish i could so i could tell people not to use it but whatever brand it was and the mix, it did not taste good with snow goose meat, and it was the worst sausage I've yeah, ever had. And I, we could not stomach it. And I've had I've had that happen before too with a little bit of that sausage mix, and I, I tend to make some of that stuff on my own. It, it, yeah. it, it's kind of part of it to me. I I really enjoy that end. Yeah, uh, from now on, I do my own seasonings. All after the, that, all the processing and that that's that's really fun. I I really like that. So yeah, I kind of I kind of play with it a little bit here and there, write some stuff down and tweak it every time i do yeah. something different a little bit that's something i need to do is upgrade some of my stuff for uh, processing it like i've got a little grinder and i've got a little packer and all the yeah. stuff and yeah. it's all like stuff that i could afford at the time and the plan was buy a little bit at a time and then upgrade it as you go well now i'm at the part where i need to start upgrading it as i go and yeah. uh it's finding that extra little bit of cash when it's not because I don't think about it until we get to like fall when I actually need it. And then all of a sudden I want all these things and we can't afford them all at once. And I need to just – first things first, I need to buy a bigger grinder. Because yeah. what I use yeah. for how much stuff I process. The deer that, and yeah. that stuff. Between that... the deer and all the geese and the antelope and ducks and everything else that we get, that poor little poor little grinder has done more than <laughs> two lifetimes worth of work yeah. for itself. But Yeah, we got to – pretty old school one out at the farm that seems to still getting the job done so yeah keep it there for now but we'll uh we'll see see how the year goes i guess yeah hoping hoping to get a little bit of free time this year i think should be it. yeah and then you're gonna turn one of those sheds into a walk-in freezer for all of us right <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh that's like, what my dad's quan set is in the winter time is a walk-in freezer because it's not insulated yeah, or anything. Yeah. Just don't drag your feet because it's a dirt floor. Yeah. You don't want dust on your meat. But I mean, cats. it sucks because it's cold. Yeah. Well, there's not really any cats left, but that's sealed off. It used to have a cat door, not anymore, oh, so you I just got, close it up. I got a few too many running around yeah. our place, and I can't trust them. <laughs> can't. Yeah. If, I, if I left a, a bag of chips or something in my pickup for about 10 minutes, I went inside there. If I have that window cracked even a little, just three, four inches, and those little buggers get in there. and Coda doesn't keep them away or what? Oh, no. She'll point at them. <laughs> <laughs> They're in there. But that's about it, yeah. But, uh, no, it's kind of funny. She uh, She's kind of become a little farm dog, too. That's, that's pretty entertaining for yeah. a little hunting dog out there. She, she really pulls her weight around there, so... Did you uh, use that 308 to get that deer? I did, yeah. The one that I sold you? Yeah. Shouldn't have sold you that. Yeah, I, missed that. I, I missed that thing. The little Tika T3, that thing is... Oh, yeah. I love the action it, on it, that. It is. It's just a buttery, smooth little gun. I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I think, I think I'm going to maybe do a little bit of work to it. Well, probably not this year. We'll see. Yeah. You were saying a couple, if couple I, things I here. Think if, I, if I get a bow, I might, I might just do it again next year or something i don't know mm -hmm. we'll see we'll see what happens 
Yeah. See what that cow check brings here this fall. Yeah, we'll see how that grasshopper. Yeah, grasshopper mm-hmm. check. Been putting good weight on them, so. <laughs> <laughs> I know quite a few people have been. Yeah. I was really nervous this year because it was really early this spring. Like, we were just starting planting, and I had two fields in a row that I went out to uh, Cedars to work on the tractors, and there was grasshoppers all over them, and it was just bare dirt. Like, they had just seeded it, and they were just covered in grasshoppers. I Makes the makes the guy nervous. There was there was quite a bit of reseeding going on this year, I think, yeah. around the well around here. What's his face? Who they say John Cutler was out reseeding like last weekend even. Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't know how you can be doing that what you're gonna get out of it, but Yeah, I mean for the ranchers they you know, you could go throw it. I mean even not that's getting a little, that's pushing it yet, but you could go in with some some of them sedan grass or something. Yeah. Some millet. Yeah. I, I don't know what they were doing because I'm assuming that's for Cahills, so it's yeah. got to be something. But, you know, he sells millet up there too, so True. maybe put something like that up for some for some seed or something. Yeah. But, but I, I, yeah, I, I'm putting it in that late. I just, well, I just don't get what you're getting out of it. Kind of weird. With how much fuel you're burning doing it. Yeah. It's, it's, because you're way past insurance date. Every, everybody does it different. I know that. Unless it's part of the insurance where they said you got to try to reseed it or something. Yeah, yeah. Because I know that'll come up every now and then. But No, it's it's been kind of a weird year, I guess, as far as that goes with the the timings of our rains. and. Well, how late the spring was, too. Yeah, yeah. It was Did late. you guys do any winter wheat this year? No, no. We uh, kind of talked about it a little bit. but There's guys over at... Uh, down south at the river that are like within a week now they're gonna be cutting winter wheat yeah i was down at right outside of brockton at night guards and they were well that field right outside of their house they were last week when i was there at the beginning of last week they said we're like two weeks out at the most and i went by the other day and they like their header on the combine yeah. sitting in front of the yeah. field it is our, golden ready to go it looks like one of our one of our neighbors down there they got uh they got some peas that are I mean, well, there's a lot of peas down south before, that are turned be, too. Before the before the weekends here, I'd say that they're gonna have dust flying. Oh, God, I wanted a little break this year for once, and I thought we were gonna get it with how late <laughs> how late the spring was. But well, you know, there are some pretty decent crops out there. So yeah. I mean, it's that's, good that's, as long as the crops are good. We're not ate up by grasshoppers. It's a little. We ha- we're not in as bad as drought as we were. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've seen I've seen some some of them guys that got in real early. Um, some of that stuff looks pretty good. Yeah. Them, them hoppers love it when it's just, just barely poking it out of the ground yeah. and it's nice and soft for them, I suppose, easy to eat. So Yeah. I've been hearing some guys that uh, they've had um, – who is it that comes out and checks the crops while they're in in field still? Not an agronomist, is it? Are they still agronomists? Well, an, ag- an agronomist helps with – yeah. Yeah. Well, I had a couple guys – it's actually two or three guys that have told me that – Whoever they've had come out and look at things. I wonder if it's not for fertilizer and stuff. But anyways, they said that their crops are like 20 bushels higher than what they normally average. Like they've averaged over the last couple of years because of our drought versus this year. Even with the grasshoppers, they said it's wild. Well, and I suppose, I, and a lot of that I suppose has to do with uh, nutrients and leftover fertilizer that wasn't being utilized in the previous years yeah. with the drought. Yeah, it's so, been sitting on top. Yeah, so it's it's in the, it's in the soil there and... That, that can help you. Yeah. I'm sure you just bored, or you just bored a bunch of people talking about farming. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. But. Oh, what else is going on? What's your big plans for, uh, 
waterfowl season then we didn't really touch on that too much well that's, that one's it depends on migration i guess um whatever's here go after them yeah i try to i try to get out a few times a year i mean um last year i, I really was short on the days that i got out from you know well, obviously where we all would like to be but um had a couple of decent hunts um I, I had two late late season hunts that uh got pretty pretty damn cold um not not very good well not very good shoots i guess uh no big limits or nothing like that and um hoping this year if uh there, there should be a little bit more water um i have seen some of the potholes and stuff like that that uh have water that haven't for a couple of years so the migration comes through i'm hoping maybe some birds will hang around and give us give us a couple extra days out there yeah give us time because well everyone that i hang out with is all in the agricultural yeah. industry so yeah if they would give us like an extra month yeah for everybody to get out of the field and then give everybody time to settle down and get a chance to actually go out and make a plan and hunt that would be perfect because yeah. it kind of seems like Unless we get like something really easy where we get like a big late season push or something, it's kind of it's always just kind of iffy, yeah. and it really sucks because like I'll be in a September, start of October, and we're just ripping hard on harvest, and I'll be driving by fields just loaded with ducks and geese. Yeah. I'm just like, God dang it, I can't this weekend. I can't. I'm scheduled all weekend. Yeah, you need a rain day in there somewhere. Yeah, and that's the thing. Once we get a rain day, then all I want to do is just sit on the pond all day, and <laughs> you just wasted a whole day. Got up early in the morning, set out a spread get skunked and then go back home and yeah not to mention try not to tear up any roads out there yeah. or fields or anything mm -hmm. i guess what kind of start winding down here in all your years you can do this for waterfowl or big game hunting what's like the biggest thing you've learned over time that you wish that you would have known when you were starting out um that's a that's a good question. Like as example for me for archery hunting, would be patience. Like you were saying when you saw that nose as a rookie mistake, you yeah. went up there. Yeah. My biggest thing was figuring out that it doesn't all have to be like this. If it's laying there bedded down, you've got time. As long as you don't have your wind switch or something, you got time. You don't have to be freaking out. I wish I would have known that when I was a kid because I messed up so many stocks. So, uh, I would say, yeah. Um, Taking the time to do it and uh, doing it with friends, making some of those memories. I'd say that's one one of the bigger things for me. I think that's I enjoy that more than anything. I I like as I like going out by myself as much as anybody does. Some of those days just get some peace and quiet. Mm -hmm. But it's uh, it's a lot more fun uh, fun when you're out there with your friends, wasting a day. Run, mm. running around looking for birds or deer well i just get as excited as anything if i take somebody out and they get yes. something yeah oh, i love that so much yeah like uh rusher's big whitetail that one that he got that was like that's like a top five day hunting for me i mean yeah. like my wife's deer and antelope my some of my dad's bigger ones and then with him because the excitement on his face when he actually oh, got yeah. that thing oh it's just yeah. like it sticks in my head like it just 
Yeah. I can see a no, fucking little red face, this blonde hair poking out from his beanie. Yeah, so I guess that'd be one of the biggest things I've learned. Just make sure to take the time to get out there with your buddies. Mm-hmm. If uh, don't don't waste one of them days on the couch, I guess. That's that's all I can say. I that's think. a very good point. Just wait until you have kids. You really don't get any days yeah. on the couch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anymore, if I have a free day, if I don't already book it a week ahead for hunting, I'm, I'm doing something at home. But yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty fun. If you get uh, some time here before, before uh, things get too busy or something, you want to take a day. I got some prairie dogs that we could go out and. I gotta find some more twenty-two to fifty shells for a decent order. price. I've just been seventeen in them. Yeah, seventeen yeah. or twenty-two if they're closer. Yeah, I got a little little tack driving twenty two. That's pretty fun. I need to find twenty two shells too. I re- I was refusing to buy them when they were like thirty five dollars. Yeah, for yeah. a little like whatever it was pack. Because I remember when I was a kid, like twelve dollars for a five hundred round federal pack. When I was a kid, go to Flaxville at a back when it was grain growers. Yeah, I used to save my quarters and I could buy five hundred or five fifty or whatever it was. Yeah, I <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of funny when you remember some of that. Yeah, I just stories. remember that price because I could save up for twelve dollars. My mom might float me a dollar or two or yeah. whatever if I needed yeah. it. If I was out of shells for gophers, so I was refusing to buy them at the price they were at. And so now I need to get some twenty-two I shells. Picked, I picked up quite a few there as soon, um, well, during that COVID thing where it was impossible to find them. Yeah. As soon as I was able to get my hands on some, I stocked up pretty heavy. So yeah, still sitting okay. I, I'm just gonna go out and buy one of those. Uh, I think Remington has the bucket now, the white bucket. Yes, shells. yeah, and that's what and that's go. and that's what I buy too because they store well. Yeah. Well, and then when I go anyways, I usually just dump them into an old Crown Royal bag anyways and just yeah. throw it in the pickup. It's I, a lot better than those boxes. Cardboard boxes over time they fall apart and then all of a sudden you got a whole 200 rounds of shells laying yeah, on the yeah. floor. I just I ended I generally now I just fill one of them little hundred round. Oh, little plastic things. Yeah. They seem See, to work good. I can set it right up on my dash. They work when, good, when but I, I hate the tedious work of uh, putting each one of those individually it, it, in there. Yeah, but it only takes a second. You know, you're there for. I know, I know how tedious it is because my dad hated doing it, so I was the one that had to do <laughs> so it for you, him. Yeah, you got to do it twice then. Yeah, now I got to wait for Briar probably another year or so, and I can trust <laughs> him to do that without him chewing on them. Yeah. But, <laughs> but no, I'm, I'm hoping to. Hoping the pace of things here picks up soon, so we can get some of this farm work done and get some more of them them days for hunting, I guess. Yeah, but it's getting close. We're getting real close. We're like uh, we're a couple more Saturdays. Well, I mean, our antelope August fifteenth, and what are we now? Less than a month away because it's July seventeenth. Yeah, I suppose less than a month. Oh boy. Oh, I don't know if I'm ready. I'm ready, but I don't know if I'm ready. I really got to start buckling down and actually scouting. Like, I've been just marking points on Onyx as I see antelope, but I actually got to, like, sit down and figure out where, yeah. how far away from the house I want to actually be targeting them and start focusing in on my days off rather than just seeing them when I'm cruising down the road on the way to work. Or I got a little bit of hay off. season left to, to do some scouting. <laughs> yeah, I suppose you get a lot of time out there. Yeah. Bring the binoculars. A little bit, little bit of time there left, so. I do miss that working for uh, ranchers, all the scouting I get to do, because, yeah. like, as a John Deere mechanic, I'm fine, but I don't get to be doing that all day. Like, I'll, you're, I'll go you're up. Just, you're naturally out, out and about out there. Yeah, but, like, I'm driving out and about to a spot, and then I might be out there all day, and I don't get to see anything else, at least yeah. if you're in the tractor going. 
you're going up over the hills and you might see yeah something out there i'm kind of stuck in one spot and they always put it in the most mosquito ridden lowest <laughs> little spot where i can't see anything and but what do you do well I, I made mine nice and easy for you this year yeah <laughs> yeah let's not relive that yeah that was a crappy way for both of our springs to start yeah <laughs> been running good though yeah made it through season yeah she did went, went well that was the only the only hiccup I had. That was a pretty big hiccup. Yeah, uh, that was a little, a little nerve wracking. Yeah, start off the year that way, but hopefully we're good for a couple of years now. Yeah, but well, yeah, I guess. Uh, other than that, I don't know if you had any other questions written there or not. But no, I was just kind of jotting down things. And when I can't see anyways, I decided I was going to wipe off my glasses, and I remember <laughs> the shirt was covered in oil, so. I may as well be looking through uh, Visqueen or something like that. That's uh, not pretty sight. So I can't see what I wrote down anyways, but that was pretty much it. Um, I guess you already kind of gave a word of, word of wisdom thing. If you, uh, I guess, do you have any advice for the younger people besides that? Anything coming up? You know, I just, just get out there. Yeah. Get out there. I know, I know it all of us our age and and older we all think all these kids just want to sit in, inside but they're they're still out there and if just get them out get them out and they they'll naturally pick it up generally well that they, on that if you're a younger person pretty, listening to this and you've got friends that have kind of hinted that they might want to go outside do this type of stuff and they haven't bring them along yeah, because absolutely i know like there's kids that were in my class, not that we were a big school, but there was kids that weren't the outdoor kids that me and Zach used to bring gopher yep. hunting. And yep. once they got like one or two gophers oh, yeah. and you could see it in their eyes, they just Smiling love it. Smiling It's just like an instinct thing yeah, kicks in. No, it's, 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 bring them out. You might make a new hunter out of it yet. Yeah. No, I, I still got some friends that in the recent years take them out. And they That's kind of what I felt like get, when I came back from hooked. college and kind of showed some of you guys archery hunting and got a couple of couple of people into it because i knew that it was kind of talked about people were thinking about doing it and then i came back and it, it all kind of coincided and kind of made me happy yeah, especially we, seeing you guys actually get things now we all we all went out on a pretty big uh pretty big endeavor there where we were shooting shooting every night yeah. that was that was a lot of fun we got you know some of them little dart boards and stuff go out there and I remember Tease each other a little bit. <laughs> I remember when uh, it was either Russia or Wyatt. One of them two just got a bow, and they brought it out. Well, and, I know uh, exactly what this is. If I yeah, well, <laughs> one of them, I think it was Wyatt had just got his bow. Well, we better leave him unnamed. <laughs> yeah, one of them. Anyways, one of them just got a bow, and we went out. I'm, and we went out uh, up north a little bit to uh, Wyatt's in-laws, and we we're gonna shoot at targets. And they were at, like, 20 yards, and whichever one it was, like, couldn't hit the target at 20 yards. So oh. What, what, what is going on here? Oh, I just got it, and I looked at it, and the sight, the sight was, like, cranked all the way off to the side and, like, all the way down. I'm like, dude, we, what yeah. are we doing you here? Th- you think I didn't bring yeah. any tools or anything because I just assumed <laughs> that we were just going to go shoot bows, and everybody was sighted yeah. in and everything. And I, I can't remember. I think I told them what to do. I got him some malarances and stuff and said, follow where the arrow is. Like, you're obviously going to have to go up and you're going to have to go to the left here. And once you're hitting target, if you're hitting high left, move it up into the left and pull it over. But I thought you were going to tell a story about uh, a 
pretty nasty dry fire. And I don't remember which I don't remember which oh, one I, of it I was. Never and I, I'm, never and I, that. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say a name because they'd probably be pretty upset if I. <laughs> but uh, it's pretty. It was a new new to them bow, I believe, or maybe it was a brand new bow. And we were kind of all gawking and sitting there. I think we we got done shooting. There's no sight on it or nothing. I think they might have shot it twice to uh, just get a feeler for it, you know, 10, mm-hmm. 10 yards or something. And sitting around, kind of laughing and adding up some scores or whatever. And twang! We just hear a big old pop. Oh, boy. <laughs> Strings come off and could not believe that that thing was in one piece. Other just... Pop Nobody just, ever pop, told me that story. Were they trying to hide it from me oh, or what? Boy. I, oh, that's right. I'm going to leave that one anonymous. <laughs> oh, boy. But that was pretty That was pretty fun. Yeah. Um, you remember Hugh Cole? Yeah. He yeah. about did that to one of my bows. The uh, he, he wanted to shoot archery him and, like, uh, Rachel Jewell and a couple other people. Yeah, okay. Right when, we, right when I was about to graduate high school, I just had that summer. Um, they wanted to shoot bows. And so I brought some bows out, and we had a bunch of, like, old um, long bows from when uh, Flaxville shut down. The PE department used to have a bunch of bows. So they had yeah. The, uh, so my when they did the auction or whatever, my dad bought a bunch of those bows for, uh, I think it was, like, $25. Anyway, so I brought a bunch of those out. They were just old long bows, and then I had yep. my compound, and I was having them shoot and stuff, and Hugh was just fascinated with my compound bow because I was shooting, like, 60 yards just laser beams and they were shooting like 10 yards and they were just barely hitting the target and so anyways he he wanted to pull it back and he couldn't hardly pull it back and he finally pulled it back he had my release on he got it back he's like holy cow it's a lot harder than i thought and he instantly put his finger on the trigger oh no i was like you no you no he's (laughs) like what what what?" he freaked out and did that and he like lurched forward and caught it and i was like what were you touching that trigger for I was going to shoot it. I said, you don't have an arrow on there. I should have. As in, that's yeah. That was a learning experience for me. I should have put an arrow on just in case. But I just thought, yeah. well, I'd rather him not have an arrow on just in case he does let it go. Yeah. Not thinking it through because I didn't want him to shoot, shoot, shoot somebody. Shoot, but shoot also at the same time, he was he was pointed the right way. And, and shoot a rock or something, yeah. you know, 10 feet in front of you. But you never know. I just, I mean, still instantly I saw that finger go on the trigger and he like started to pull on it. And I said, <laughs> you stop. No. And he let it, let yeah. it forward. And whew. That was uh, that was the closest I'd ever got. Luckily, think, my dad drilled that in my head from a very young age. If I remember correctly, it was uh, there was no release on this one. Somebody just pulled it back. It. Pulled it back, and I think it got right to the back, oh. and just lurched forward once, and the fingers just couldn't slipped off. Couldn't take it. Yeah, well, that too. If you pull it back with fingers too, if you twist it all oh, a yeah. little bit on that, it it can roll it off the cam depending on the. Um, yep. I haven't seen it happen, but I've heard of guys doing that, especially with, it might not be as bad with more modern bows, but like in the uh, early 2000s, as my quick, dad. As quick as some of those are humming, I think it, you could see a pretty Well, good. I'm just worried about like the, the oh, channel in well, the cam yes. or yeah. the string, but yeah. my I think it was my dad was telling me that that was a thing. You pulled it back with fingers because that was before, they used to not shoot with releases because a lot of the guys back in the 2000s started with recurves and longbows. And, so I, have, and, fingers. I, and I have one of them really early compound bows out yeah. of farm too. So they're pretty much just like a dad, wheel. Dad probably picked up at an auction over the years or something. But. but yeah, anyways, he said if you'd pull it back and if you twisted it at all a little bit too much on that string, it would pop it right off that cam. and Yeah, yeah I could imagine. Yeah. So that was drilled in my head. Quite a young age, you don't pull it back with just your fingers. And you always have 
an arrow on don't dry fire and all that and yeah that was that was stupid on me to not put an arrow on for hugh but yeah well dang i've kept you for an hour and a half it's nine something at night sounds like my wife is falling off a chair trying to paint the ceiling <laughs> so i should probably go check on that um yeah, yeah no it's been that's fine yeah enjoy it loosen up a little bit yeah i hope to come back again i guess yeah one day yeah. we're gonna have to uh figure it out I know it's rough this time of year, but once we get to the winter time, my plan is have you and uh, Chase come down and we have guests like we did uh, yeah. earlier this year. Yeah, get into, be nice. get into hunting season, get some more yeah. new stories coming out. Yeah, this time of year is rough. I kind of, I was kind of stupid. When I started this podcast, it was end of November, so everybody's hunting season was done. So I've been just running on no current content, yeah. Yeah. and it's honestly been rough for a couple months. But once we get into hunting season here, I'm sure that it's going to well i mean we'll have people in the area shoot animals yeah. be like, hey come down have a couple drinks tell us a story yeah. you get our podcast I, uh, right there i'm generally pretty quiet i was the other day when you asked me i thought boy if we get that timed out just after the golf tournament i might just be a little bit of a chatterbox but <laughs> i don't think that would have been a very good idea no i, I, I didn't even plan on it any yeah because cassie asked if i wanted to do it this weekend with you and i said i'd this cannonball tournament, nobody in the yeah. area is going to be in any state to be yeah, recorded. Exactly. So <laughs> you would have to put the yeah. old uh, parental yeah. advisory well, on the on the. At least you did better than Chase. Chase on the last one was dropping names left and right, names <laughs> oh, and locations no. like farmers uh, and their farms and everything. And so I, I'm well, sure you haven't listened to the episode yet, but there's a lot of beep 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 beep. Oh really? <laughs> I took so much time to edit out every single one. I couldn't if I I tried cutting them out. And if I just cut them out, it didn't make sense because all of a sudden it was just a blank spot. So then at least if I beeped it, you kind of understood that. Yeah. Well, you're not supposed to hear that, but yeah, Chase messed it's, up. It's uh, with as much out of state and then all of us up here, you know, try not to. Well, Onyx kind of ruins it because he just, if you yeah. say a last name and you it say, does. if you say last name south of town, I mean, it doesn't take an, a rocket scientist to be able to figure it out and see, oh, there's yeah. state land right around that. And they were shooting good yeah. deer here the only reason i say south of town is because you only got like eight miles before you hit the res so yeah good luck <laughs> hell yeah that could be down in my neck yeah neck of the well, home home place anyways yeah well thanks a ton for coming on yeah like yeah. i said hopefully if you enjoyed it you and chase come back on a yeah. couple more times here well, that'd be fun yeah like i said i'm really hoping once we get into deer season here get some buddies shooting some stuff come down have some hopefully drinks antelope, tell a story antelope season coming up that soon maybe i'll have a have a fun one hopefully <laughs> hopefully me too hopefully we have a back-to-back three yeah. chase two three yeah. of us shoot antelope with bows yeah. no but, that'd be a lot of fun yeah let me know if you find another dumb one coming down the two track well i'm doing longbow this year so i need them close i haven't really told anybody yet but i did see that one that i was looking after last year this year mm. one day so going down checking some some fence and yeah. uh there he there he was so yeah, I've got one maybe, I've got kind of. Maybe he'll hang around again this year. We'll see. Yeah, I got one I've got like halfway scouted out. I've got him I've got him pinned in six different spots all within like a quarter mile of each other. Yeah. And I know there's a water hole right there, according to Onyx. The only issue is is like four of the pins are on res and two of the pins are north. Oh, uh, yeah. So that's kind of tough. I don't I don't feel bad about saying that because most of them are on the you resin. Gotta, you got to catch them just right. Yeah. If you're going to try to fight me for the uh, one spot of state land... <laughs> Just north of the Red, south of Scobie. Go for it. I'll find a different one. But, well, yeah, no, it should be 
should be fun. Yeah. Well, again, thanks for uh, coming on, and we will catch you on another one. All right. Thank you, Garrett. Yep.